I said last week that sometimes you don't know how good you got it till you leave and you go somewhere else and there is no presence of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And, um, you know, you can uh, sometimes be uh, so caught up in things that are going on that then you miss out. And the Lord gave me a scripture, and I'm not, that's not what I'm going to preach on. But first, let me say welcome to each and every one of you for being in the house of the Lord today. Uh, but God gave me this, and you know, in Psalms 149, rejoice in the king. Amen. The Bible says in verse 1, says, praise ye the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song, and his praise in the congregation of saints. Now, he didn't give us no other avenue of whether life was good, whether life was bad, whether I had a place to lay my head, whether I had cover to put over me at night, whether I had a, a, a car to drive. He said, praise ye the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song, and his praise in the congregation. Amen. The congregation of saints. Amen. I know circumstances rise. I know situations happen. But when we come together, the way to defeat and destroy the demonic attack is when we come together in unity and we begin to praise him in the sanctuary and the congregation comes together and binds together. Give me verse 2. He said, let Israel rejoice in that made in him that made him. Now, let the children of Zion. Now, the Zion is the church. Amen. Be joyful, joyful in their king. I don't know about you. But if you're not joyful in the Lord, thankful for what he's already done. Amen. Even if he does nothing else forward for me, I'm still joyful for his goodness and his mercy and his blessing. Be joyful in your king. Let them praise his name in the In dance, let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and the harp. Come on. That's why the children up here are beginning to be taught and trained. It's okay to march. It's okay to praise God. It's okay to shake the tambourine. You know, we think we, think we got to have something to praise him for. First of all, if you woke up today, you've got something to praise him for. If you woke up and you can see, feel, hear, touch, taste, smell, you got something to praise God for. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. I don't know about you, but I want him to take pleasure in us. Amen. Let the saints, again, be what? Joyful. In glory, let them sing aloud upon their beds. How many woke up this morning and said, Lord, I thank you for waking me up this morning. 
I'm joyful that I just woke up, that my brain blood and my breath and my life is well. Let the high praises of God be in whose mouth? And a two-edged sword in their hand. Where's the two-edged sword? Come on now. Some of you don't realize just what kind of weaponry you have. When the demonic attack begins to arise, and believe me, there is a demonic attack. In the church, in the world, in families, you need to take the, the two-edged sword and begin to take the word with the sword and begin to push back the demonic, the dark, the spirit, evilness, sin, all that stuff. Begin to take it back with your two-edged sword in your hand. Verse 7 said, to ex execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishment upon the people. Listen, you don't even have to do that. God will take care of that. We all want to be judge, jury, and executioner. My Bible tells me stand still and see the salvation. He also said, I'm the one that will fight your battles. Is there one more? Eight, yep. To bind their kings. This is what you need to be doing. You need to bind their kings with chains, their nobles with fetters of iron. Verse 9. And the way you do that is by praising. Come on now. The devil wants you to sit down on, on the Lord. The devil wants you to just go, well, I don't feel the presence of God. Well, if they usher in the presence of God, you know what? God saints. God's people can usher in the presence of God and bring up and move the Holy Ghost in the house of God. Don't let them be the ones that have to lead you in worship. Come to the house of God. Come with a spirit of praise. Come with a spirit of joy. Why? Because it executes upon them the judgment written dishonor. This Honor have all his saints. Praise ye the Lord. Execute judgment on the devil. Push the devil back. Rebuke the satanic attack. Demand fire from heaven to consume that spirit in your home. And though you don't see it, what's he say? Begin to praise me. Begin to dance. Begin to praise me. Begin to rejoice. I'm executing. I'm executing. I'm executing. I'm executing. I'm executing. I'm executing judgment. You don't have nothing to praise God for? Come on. If you woke up this morning, you got something to praise God for. If your husband's not here, you got something to praise God for no matter what. You're in the house. 
to praise God for. Tell you something. Ah, tell you another bullshit. Let me tell you something. The reason I praise God. Let me tell you why I praise God. I shouldn't be who I am today. I told the. The group that we were talking to on Wednesday night, statistics say because I was molested and raped that I should be either homosexual or be the feminine in this lifestyle. Statistics say it. But God turned it around. And help me to be able to even talk about it. I know you may have not been molested. I know you may not have been a drug addict. I know you may have never been an alcoholic. But you ought to dig back into your past. And look where God done brought you from. And know that you have a reason to praise him. To rejoice in him. To sing praises unto him. Because he lives, I'm able to face tomorrow. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Only because he lives. some inventory. Know why you praise him. Know why you rejoice in him. Know why you have a spirit of joyfulness.
Hallelujah. Rejoice in your king because he brings joy. Hey, baby. Psalms 150 follows up with that. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Just being around here is in the firmament of his power. Verse 2 said, praise him for his mighty acts. Okay, whether he's done anything now, go back. Who has a roof over their head right now? You didn't get it just because you've had education. Everybody thinks their education brought them to where they are. God allowed you to have education to bring you to where you are. So you better begin to understand who created us. Amen. Yes. Let's pray for Sister Ford. She's feeling ill right now. In the name of Jesus. Father, I don't know what is coming against her body right now. I pray for the heart that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that there be a divine healing take place. In Jesus' name, touch this heart, touch the fluid on this body. In Jesus' name, I pray, be thou healed. In Jesus' name, touch this body. Silver and gold have I not, but what I have I give unto thee in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Touch her body from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. In Jesus' name. Whatever's trying to ail her, whatever's trying to hurt her, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus and I pray divine healing this day in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. What I was getting ready to come to you, you need to make sure she does have heart issues. She has major heart issues, so. Yeah, I'm going to ask Brett if you want me to call him. Come on, church. Let the spirit of faith rise. Let the spirit of faith rise right now in Jesus' name. Lord, you're a healer. In the name of Jesus. He said, no, he's going to keep an eye on it. If he do, he'll let us know the call. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Bible said, praise him for his mighty acts. Right now, I'm going to praise him and give him a yet praise for healing. Heart beat at its normal rate in Jesus' name. Fluid dispense in the name of Jesus. I pra praise him according to his excellent greatness. 
He is greater than anything that's coming against her. Three. Three. The Bible says, praise him with the sound of a trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and a harp. Verse 4 says, praise him with the timbrel and dance. Again, there's dance. Amen. Ha, ha, ha. Come on now. We get all caught up. You can dance right. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Amen. Praise him. The last one. Praise him. Him up on the loud cymbals. Praise him up on the high cymbals. Verse 6 said, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Let's praise him for healing. Let's praise him for deliverance. Let's praise him for joy. Greatly to be praised. Amen. I give him all glory, all honor. Hallelujah. Look, if any look, if there's anything happening with Sister Ford, please just immediately let us know. Amen. Church, don't stop praying. Amen. Don't stop praying. Just Hallelujah. Come on. Amen. I'm sorry we didn't get you that sooner. Now. Come on. Hallelujah. She could have stayed home. She could have stayed home and let the devil win out. But she got up. She said, anyhow, I'm going to the house of the Lord. Oh, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. It's all about Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody, please stand one more time for the reading of the Word of God. Isaiah 9, 6. I'm going to do my best to minister to you for the next four weeks on a subject. Verse 6 says, if you're there, say amen. amen. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now you know who you worship. Now you know why you worship. Now you know why you have what you have, because he is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace to all of us. And the word of God said by prophecy that he would come and he would be the child that God would give to us. You may be seated in Jesus' name. So today I want to try to expound on wonderful counselor. I don't know if we'll be able to get through the whole thing, but we will do our best. Uh, I've got 34 minutes left, 12 seconds. This morning we will cover the first of those names, Wonderful Counselor. This is where things start to get interesting from a theological viewpoint as we begin to take the specific language used by, by Isaiah and scrutinize it for insight into the character of Jesus. You see, the choice of the words used by Isaiah was not his own, but we know from who. In 2 Timothy 3.16, the scripture said it is given by the inspiration of God. Amen. Another passage, 2 Peter 1.21, tells us that holy men of God spake as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. Uh, that word inspiration used in 2 Timothy literally means breathe. Amen. Paul told Timothy that all scripture was God breathed. We've got to come to the place where we understand that God's word has been breathed into men to write down the word of God. And if you do not listen, I understand the world is evolving quickly and fast and technology is passing us by. And if the world could change how we teach and preach, the world will change the church. I'm not, I'm not old school. I understand we got to make some changes in the method, but not the message. Amen. Amen. So the words and the meanings behind them become very important. We read our Bible in English, it, but it was originally recorded in Greek and Hebrew. And what we read in English is usually the best possible rendering of the intent and meaning of the words of God. Sometimes, however, there is a deeper unspoken depth it's a biblical language that can be uncovered through a study of an original text. Amen. And we will discover, I'll try this morning, I, I pray I can help you discover uh, that wonderful and counselor take on deeper meanings when you look into the Hebrew uh, uh, word. And let's start with wonderful, part one. The one, this wonderful child, Isaiah's first descriptor, uh, description of him, of Messiah, was simply that he is wonderful. I have to ask you, is he wonderful to you? I mean, really. Come on now. I, I, I know some of you say, yeah, he's wonderful. 
That's like my, my football team. Yeah, they're wonderful. Only thing is, sometimes it's more, yeah, they're wonderful. But when we talk about the Prince of Peace, the one who went to Calvary, oh, yeah, he's wonderful. I know him, or I know of him. Come on now. Is he wonderful to you? Amen. He's wonderful to me. He may not be wonderful to anybody else here. Some of you may have forgotten that the only reason you woke up and your heart and your mouth and your mind knew to take a deep breath and exhale is because God allowed that. God allowed that. The only reason you have an education is because God allowed you to have an education. You think you achieved that education and that degree. Sorry, that wonderful counselor stepped into the midst of it, even when you weren't honoring him, even when you weren't loving him, even when you weren't, because he's the one that gave you the ability to learn and uh, understand and accept and regain and retain, right? He's the one. This wonderful child, Isaiah's first scripture is that he is wonderful. Indeed, this morning, Jesus is wonderful to, I pray to all of us. The glory of who he is and what he has done for us should inspire wonder in all of us. Amen? Okay. So where were you before 2017? I'll just take some of you back on a memory. How many have been serving God since the beginning of 2017? All right. Probably. But go back to 2016. How many have been serving God 2016? How about 2015? How about 2014? 2013? 2012? 2011? 2010? 09? 08, 07, 06, 05, 04, 03, 02, 01, 00, 99, 98, 97, 96, 95, 95. Yeah, 96. 90, did I hit 96? 95. 94. 93. 92. 91. 90. 89. I caught almost Shanda. Ha ha. Where am I at? 88? Am I in 88 or I hit 90? I'm, I'm down in 88 now, right? 88, 87, 86, 85, 84, 83, 82, 81, 80, 79. Come on, somebody ought to feel the Holy Ghost like I feel. Because if you have been worshiping, and magnifying. It don't matter if it's only been one year. He should be your wonderful, mighty, awesome, powerful God. 
What would I have to hit for you? 19. Ancient of days. Hallelujah. We had to go on back, way back, a few more years back. But it, uh, let me say, the glory of who he is and what he has done for us should inspire wonder in all of us. First of all, if you have been praising and worshiping God for whatever amount of time, if it's one month all the way back to 25, 50 years, 30 years, you ought to be given. He should be wonderful to you. In the person of that child that was born in Bethlehem and laid in a manger, God became a man. This in, this in and of itself is full of wonder. You cannot really ponder the incredible truth this morning without some sense of wonder in your spirit. Amen. God became a man. And the Lord of all, of all the universe was wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. And this one that owns the cows on a thousand hills and wants for nothing surrounded himself to the, to, to the arms of a teenager mother and relied upon her to meet all his basic needs in life. Does that not want, put wonder? Wow, what a mighty God we serve. He had enough trust and faith. You haven't heard me. Listen, we're walking into Christmas this year. We're on the, we're on the brink. People, first of all, we didn't even get Thanksgiving done and there was Christmas stuff out. There's something wrong. The Bible talks about seasons and all that changing. Well, we done skipped Thanksgiving, started Christmas before Thanksgiving. We had Halloween, spooky goblins and everything else. Boom, Christmas. We forgot to be thankful. Stores didn't care about being thankful anymore. They just want you to buy the Christmas stuff. Right? They want you to buy all the gifts and the toys and all that. They've left the whole reason for the season, which is Christ Jesus. Amen. Knowing who he is. What a wonderful Savior we have. What an amazing grace he has shown us. Matthew 123 uh, this is the wonder that the angels declared when Joseph was told in Matthew 1, 23, Behold, a virgin shall bring, be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which, mean, which being interpreted is God with us. Amen. This is the wonder that Paul shared in, with Timothy when he said in 1 Timothy 3, 16, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in the glory. If we were to attempt to sum Jesus up in a single word, wonderful would have to be on your short list of candidates, I would think. If I was to ask you to sum up what the Lord means to you. Think about that. What does Jesus mean to you? Life. Your life. Again. Love. Come on, I can't hear too well still. Salvation. Redemption. Deliverance. Amen. My all in all. Amen. My am. Hey, my I am that I am. My 
everything. Amen. My God. My peace. Come on. Amen. Every everlasting. God, hallelujah. Advocate. Come on, that is it. Healer. My friend closer than a brother. Come on, we're getting into the Holy Ghost vein now. Love. He's okay. Love. Love right here. Amen. Yeah. Fire truck. Come what else? Come on. Waymaker. My hope in this troubled world. He's my light. He's my path. He's my joy. Huh? My bread when I'm hungry. What? My water when I'm thirsty. Ending, beginning and ending. Righteousness. My rose of Sharon. Come on. Alpha and Omega. Oh, my rock, my sword, and my shield. Come on. He is ever. My way, my truth, and my life. Come on. The Holy Ghost within her. Come on. What does he mean to you? Come on. Miracle worker. That's when you know God is working. When the young people stand up. Miracle worker. Come on. Passion. Passion. Come on. Come on. Give me. When you know the Lord working, all us older folk coming down. What you got, Winston? Wonderful. He is wonderful. Because they're the ones going to be leading this church soon. Anybody else? What are you? Uh, go ahead, uh, Ashley. Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm coming. I'm coming. All powerful. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. This one here, a little one. Rapture. Rapture. My King of Kings. My Lord of Glory. All right. We better get back. I'm running out of time. <laughs> Hold on, we got, I got 20 minutes left. Uh, amen, I'm glad to see some of you. You see, you got to start thinking sometimes. We got to get the, the wheels turning again because sometimes we get so accustomed to, oh, it's Christmas, it's December, oh, let's decorate. Why are you decorating? Who are you decorating to impress? You better be decorating to impress King Jesus, the one who visits the house every day. Every moment, every time. I'm winding myself back. 
He is wonderful in who he is and the glory and beauty of his nature. It is a wonder to understand that he was born of a virgin. It is a wonder to comprehend that he is both God and man in one person. That he would have both the nature of man that would be tempted via or via his flesh and the nature of God that would speak to the wind and the waves as the master of all that is ever and will be. It is a wonder to grasp the fact that he was completely God and completely man at the same time. What a wonder. The qualities of his character are so full of wonder. His love for people, his sympathy for the sheep that had no shepherd, his humility, meekness, and patience, his wisdom, conduct, and compassion. The gospel account relates the wonder of his life, the wise men that followed a star to worship this child. The way Joseph and Mary spirited him away, escaping Herod's plan to kill him. And the way he despised or disputed with the theologians at the temple at the age of 12. His life was a continued series of wonders. His baptism in the Jordan, his temptation in the wilderness, his doctrines and miracles, and his transfiguration on the mountain. His death was also filled with wonder. That he who is the Lord of glory would die at all his wonder, at, at all his wondrous, and that by his death he brought us life. The world knows no greater wonder. The world don't know no greater wonder than that. Our hope of salvation is fully vested in his death, burial, and resurrection. And all of it, all of it, all of it this morning is filled with wonder. He died, was buried, laid in a borrowed tomb, or he is the only one that has the power to borrow a tomb and then return it in three days. Come on. Is that not wonder? That's my God. That's my Lord. Borrow something in three days, pay it back. With his life and rise again. You can put someone else in my tomb. I'm no longer here. I no longer lay here. I just, I had to go that I might come and bring life back to the people. Wonderful counselor. We still ain't wonderful. We ain't even got the counselor yet. Under him all power was given to set hopeless, the hopeless captive free. How wonderful our salvation is this morning. Amen. If we never delved any further into it, just the wonder of his life. The wonder of who he is. And all he has done should be enough to inspire you to worship and adore him. We truly have a wonderful savior. This wonderful God, however, I, I, I've already mentioned this morning, there is a greater depth of the original language that remains unseen by the casual observer. I've mentioned multiple times in studies that the patriarchs of old often inquired about the name of God. On each occasion, I've refrained from going into examples of the, this inquiry because of the restraints of time. However, I know we're running... Uh, 
We're now down to 15 minutes. But on each occasion, I've refrained from going into examples of the inquiry because of the restraints of time. However, this morning, it will be beneficial for us to look at one such inquiry. Manoah, the father of Samson, had an encounter with an angel in Judges 13. When the encounter was concluded, Manoah said to his wife in verse 22, We should surely die because we have seen God. Manoah recognized that the angel of the Lord, that he was having an encounter with God, much the same as Joseph did at Bethel. Once Manoah realized who he was dealing with, that insatiable desire to know the name of God got the best of him, and he inquired in verse 17. Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, What is thy name? What is thy name? That when thy saying come to pass, we may say, Do the honor. The response is what should interest us this morning. Verse 18 said, And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Why askest thou thus after my name, seeing it is a secret? The word secret is translated from the Hebrew word wonderful. What the world don't know, the church ought to know who wonderful is. When we talk about secret, who secret really is, wonderful. I'm sorry. I, I, I feel like breaking out and running. I, I, I'm running out of time. But I know you all don't understand quite yet. But as a matter of fact, when I look the verse up in a modern translation, the English standard version renders it this way. Why do you ask my name? Seeing it is wonderful. Did you know you were looking at wonderful? You were talking to wonderful? Let me tell you something. When you pray, when you pray, you pray to wonderful. When you pray, he is wonderful. Even if he don't answer, he's still wonderful. Even if he don't, even if you can't tell he's right beside you, he's still wonderful. I'm rolling, I'm rolling, I'm rolling. This is important to us this morning because when the original Hebrew audience read the Hebrew passage of Isaiah 9, 6 and came across the word wonderful ascribed to the child that would be born in Bethlehem, they understood that this word wonderful was how God described his own name to Manoah. Just as much as the terms mighty God, everlasting father, make the reader aware of the deity of this child, so also does the word wonderful cause the original reader of this text to reflect upon the hidden name of the one true God. While Isaiah was relating to his how wonderful, I don't know what's going on. We got terrible, huh? That's all right. I'm going.
check, testing. While Isaiah was relating to us wonderful and awe-inspiring this child would be, he was also communicating in biblical language that this child was indeed God manifest in the flesh and that his name, the name given unto him, would be the wonderful name of God that Manoah, Joseph, and others sought after for many years. This morning we should praise him for he is truly wonderful. I'm going to work into counselor. I pray that I can do it in the next 10 minutes. I don't know, but he is wonderful, and he is my counselor. Isaiah goes on to speak of him the next as a counselor. That child that was laid in a manger is our counselor. Jesus is the only one that is qualified to direct our lives. I'm going to say that again because Sometimes my actions, I'm just going to say, sometimes my actions don't always convey that. That way you won't be offended. You all can just take the word and brush it off or whatever. Okay? Jesus is the only one that is qualified to direct our lives. And I'll make it personal. Jesus is the only one that is qualified to direct my life. And he is a great re resource to how a, as a you. And he is a great resource to you as a counselor in the midst of life struggles. You know, I found that times of struggles that when I go back to the cross, when I go back to my knees, when I go back to seeking the face of God, that, that the Lord begins to work some things out, that the Lord begins to reveal some things. And most of the time, it's not always the other person. Most of the time, it's getting this person in right position so that God can speak to me. Amen. I'm talking to somebody today. He is your great resource. He is your counselor in the midst of your struggles. And when you've got nowhere else to turn, you should take great confidence this morning in the fact that you could turn to Jesus and he'll be there no matter what is happening. You need to take your cares and your worries and your burdens to the master in prayer. And there you will discover the wisdom of his counsel. Amen. And as we kneel in prayer, as we cast our cares upon him, his sweet grace overshadows us and begins to comfort us with his presence. How many times have we found direction when we stopped praying? I've never found direction when I stopped praying. How many times have you received a much sought after answer when you, we turned our hearts to Jesus and inquired of great counsel? Too many times, I've even caught myself, too many times I go to a phone. To some of you, this is your doctor. To some of you, this is who, who decides whether you invest in a certain market. To some of you, this is how you may... Look for someone to date. Huh? Oh, I, I know I'm meddling now. Some of you got people talking all kind of googly, goblin, gushy stuff. They ain't nothing but the devil. Someone said, oh, I know he's Mr. Right. I said, if he's Mr. Right, where is he? 
You showed up to church. Why didn't he show up to church? He can't be Mr. Right if you're unequally yoked and he's sitting at home and you're in the house of God. So when you begin a date, you need to know you better look for somebody in the house, not outside the house. We, we, often, we often circumvent it and go, oh, this is God's will. I, I know God will save him if I just love him. Right? If I just love him. I got quiet. Some of you older folk got in with me, but some of you younger folks shut down on me. I had one. I had a few younger folk up here going, amen, talk it. <laughs> Listen, let me get back to the message. That wasn't in my notes, so you know God was putting something out here. <laughs> Isaiah said that the child was born in Bethlehem and was a counselor and my friend. How often we need a counselor and a friend. Amen. And not just any counselor. Sometimes we seek counsel from all the wrong people. Dear God. I, I, amen. Listen, I will tell you, not everything that cries holy, holy, holy. I think the scripture talks about them uh, being Christ-like and them wondering why they couldn't do any miracles but they had something much stranger going on in their lives you can't take counsel just from anybody amen first of all the Bible's the way I the way I start looking for if I'm going to allow someone to be a counsel or uh, speak into my life, I have to see all the fruits of the Spirit. Because some Christians can have three or four, maybe even five of the spirits, but not have all nine. So you be mindful of who speaks into your life. I've seen many of people shipwrecked because they let somebody... They let somebody speak into the life that did not have the Holy Ghost or was not connected to the Lord or had no relationship with the Lord, and they just spoke it, and then they shipwrecked. And church, I'm, and you don't need to come to me. Oh, it's over. Oh, four minutes. Listen, you don't have to come to me, but there's many a wise men and women in this church that will that will, will, will sit down and talk with you. And you need to know them by the fruits of their spirit. If they're faithful and they're committed and they're praying and you see them in the altar, you see them around the church working, then you know they should be, they should be close. And, and watch them. Watch. Don't, don't just walk up to somebody because they look like they've been here for a while. Check them. Isaiah said that the child that was born in Bethlehem was a counselor and my friend, how often we need a counselor and a friend. Not just any counselor, but a righteous counselor who gives counsel we can trust. Second Samuel 13 tells us that Amon had a friend named Jonadab who counseled him to how, in how to seduce his half-sister. Watch what you take. It was the ungodly advice from this supposed friend 
and counselor that ultimately led Amon to his death. And we have no shortage of counselors in this life. You don't have to look very far to find someone that will be willing to speak into your life. But you should know this. They should be able to handle a, a particular that You know, there's not no one that you can't find that will say, I can handle that for you. Let me tell you something. There's only one that can help you handle anything. And that's Christ Jesus. That's Christ. We have a lot of friends like Amon that merely led him down a path of destruction. What we need this morning is a righteous counselor, one who speaks truth and leads us in the path of righteousness. Can I tell you this morning that the greatest counselor you have is embodied in the person of Jesus Christ. He's the one you should consult before every major decision. Listen, you need to put, listen, my wife and I learned this very early in life. We do not do or make any major decisions without praying first now. We learned the hard way. He's the one you should consult with before every major decision. He's the one you should turn to as you endeavor to work through life's problems and opportunities. Amen. He's the one that will provide you with much direction and meaning and purpose in your life. This morning we need a counselor. We need the counsel that Jesus brings to us today. Amen. He is our counselor. Amen. Satan disguised himself in a serpent and counseled Eve with subtle craftiness that should that that she should partake of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil in hopes that she would become like God. It was the evil counsel that provoked Eve to sin and further caused Adam to purposely rebel against his maker in order to remain his bride. Eve, the scripture said, was deceived, but Adam sinned willfully with his eyes wide open, understanding what he was doing. So by the counsel of the serpent and the complicity of Adam, sin and death were loosed in the world. Wonderful. Counselor. You better watch who you're, who, who you're taking counsel from. How wonderful is the grace of God. What was set in motion by an evil counselor, Isaiah said, would be corrected by the righteous counselor. Church, we need a counselor in our lives. We need to know that there is one we can turn to in times of trouble and, and distraction and, and turmoil. Amen. We need to know that there is one that can provide for us direction and understanding and wisdom in every decision. Isaiah has declared to us that Jesus is the counselor. Jesus is the counselor. Psalms 33, 11 said, The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. That means that if I go into the word and I pray, his word will never fail me. Never fail me. His counsel is always available to us and will guide us. Psalm 73, 24, thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterward receive me to glory. His counsel never wavers and is never withdrawn. Hebrews 6, 17. Ah. Hebrews 6, 17, wherein God willingly, more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel confirmed by an oath. Immutable means unchangeable. God's counsel does not change in closing. 
I've got some more to go, but I'm gonna wait. my musicians, please come. And God's counsel does not change. How many times have you sought advice only to find that the advice that you were given keeps shifting and changing with the circumstances? The counsel of Jesus is unchanging. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The key to living a blessed life the psalmist tells us, lies in the source of your counsel. Psalms 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like whew, a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit. His fruit in his season. His leaf also shall be not wither, and whatsoever he doeth, it shall prosper. If you want to prosper in this life, build your life upon the counsel and righteousness of, of that unchanging counsel of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you want to prosper in this life, you need to understand that Colossians writes, Christ is the mystery of God. In whom all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge is hidden. What wisdom and knowledge, you want wisdom and knowledge for your life, then turn to the Lord. We have been given a great counselor, one that you can trust. The wonderful counselor once again, however, the original language gives some further insight into this passage. First of all, Many scholars believe that the words wonderful and counselor were intended to read together as a single phrase where wonderful modifies counselor the same as the other phrase in the verse, the mighty God, the everlasting father and the prince of peace. As a matter of fact, Greek translation of the Old Testament that, that the disciples and particularly Paul studied and quoted from contains that kind of translation in Isaiah 9, 6 where wonderful counselor is a single title. He's a wonderful counselor. This kind of rendering takes nothing away from the fact that he is wonderful and he is counselor, but rather applies that wonderful, that applies the wonderful of Jesus to his counsel, causing us to see again just how amazing the counsel of Jesus really is. This rendering also agrees well with Isaiah 28, 29. This also cometh from, forth from the Lord of hosts, which is wonderful in counsel and excellent in working. Understand, I'm preparing you for Christmas, for the birth. The word does not mean simply an advisor, but rather it implies someone who makes a plan that he intends to carry out. Does anybody know what that plan is? Isaiah 25, 1 says, O Lord, thou art my God. I will exalt thee. I will praise thy name. For thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsel of old are faithfulness and truth. That word counsel is from the same root as counselor and is translated in modern translation as plan. What is the plan? It said it was expedient that I go so that the comfort come back. And if I go to prepare a place for you, there you may be also. The same reading from the Amplified Bible says, O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name. For you have done wonderful things, even purpose, 
purposes planned of old and fulfilled in faithfulness and truth. The English version puts it like this. Oh, Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name for you have done wonderful things, plans formed of old, faithful and sure. What Isaiah is saying when he calls this child the wonderful counselor is that he is more than just an advisor in our lives. He is the one who made the plan and set the events of our lives in motion. He is the one that will carry his plan through and bring all things to completion. We can trust his counsel because he is the one who sees it from beginning to the end. You'll stand. You need to stop. I'm not done. The Bible says the footsteps of a good man ordered by God. No trial or temptation ever enters your life that God hasn't already made a way for you to come through. Watch this. Sometimes we enter into things. We think there's no way out. Just Right? We just feel like there's no way out. We don't know to go back. We just want to keep going forward. Right? Can't get out. The Lord's saying, come unto me. You walked without me. You moved into something that you weren't supposed to move into. You begin to ask questions of people that you didn't have any anything to do with what God was wanting to do with your life, the calling is on each and every one that is in this place today. God directs our lives. And I'll tell you something else. He orders your path. God directs our lives and orders our paths. Sometimes you will turn into an uncertainty. But you have to remember the children of Israel, watch this. The children of Israel went into the desert for 40 years. In a relatively small wilderness, if you were to look up the wilderness, they wandered about as they were led and directed by God. If you could trace their route on a map, you would find them zigzagging over the same piece of real estate over and over again. To the casual observer, it would seem to have been pointless, directionless existence, but directionless existence, but it was divinely directed by God. And what appears crooked and convoluted to us was a direct path and a straight line for God. He was taking the Israelites on more than just a journey. Know that God's taken you on more than just a journey. Don't take for granted some of the things that God has been doing or making you aware of or trying to bring to your attention. Because he was taking them on a journey point to point, but also a journey of faith where they would grow in their faith and reliance on him. Sometimes we can't rely. We need to stop relying on ourselves and begin to rely on Jesus. He was establishing a people that would place their trust in him and not themselves and not somebody else. Sometimes the events of our lives seem convoluted as well and confused and we can't make any rational sense 
of what's going on in our life. And our, we try to turn to our friends. We don't understand our friends. Our friends can't tell us what's going on, right? And so then we go back and forth, back and forth on our journey. And you can trust this, trust him this morning, though. I can promise you that. You can trust in the Lord this morning. Isaiah said to the, this child in Isaiah 11:2, And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom. This scripture for you. Take this scripture. Pray this scripture. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom, understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord. Keep a healthy fear for the Lord. I can't tell you enough. Keep a healthy, healthy fear of the Lord in your life. Amen. Because he is a wonderful counselor. Even when someone else says it's not, that don't sound like the will of God, you need to take it to the throne. Take it to the throne. Talk to the Lord. Pray. Ask him, Lord, I need your help. This thing just crept up into my life. It just walked up. This, this, whatever, this situation. If you haven't made him your wonderful counselor, you need to make Jesus your wonderful counselor. Amen. Today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not next week, not tonight at midnight. Today is the day of salvation, this very moment. The Bible has called us to a time like this. And for me, Maybe you all have a promise of tomorrow, but for me, I don't have tomorrow's promise. What I do know, that if there's sin in my life, I must repent of my sin. I must ask the Lord to forgive me. It's not no big, long, drawn-out thing. You don't need me to stand here and repeat the sinner's prayer for you. You can be the one that, repeat, that says, Lord, I'm, I'm just, I come before you right now. And I'm asking you to forgive me. I ask you to forgive me of thoughts that have not been right. I ask you to forgive me of attitudes that's not been right. I ask you to forgive me of, Lord, just chasing dreams that have nothing to do with you. And I do believe in goals. But, God, there, there are some dreams that really have nothing to do with you. And I, I just ask you to forgive me for those dreams that, that have replaced you and, 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 and moved away from you being center in my life. Lord, Lord, I, I, if I've lied, Lord, I, if I've lied on someone, Lord, I ask you to forgive me for lying on somebody. Lord, this temple that I have right now, if I'm abusing it in any, in any way, I'm drinking, smoking, drugging, lying, cheating, stealing, Lord, I just pray you, I'm, I'm praying with a sincere heart I'm coming to you with a sincere heart Lord I'm asking you to forgive me of all my sins sins I can't even remember Lord that only you know because they're written down but I know that once I come to you Lord and begin to ask you to forgive me of my sin that sin will be forgiven and so this day Lord God and I pray that you will keep me and help me to not go back to that sin that I've just asked you to forgive me of. I'm asking you to help me to put you first in my life. 
Oh, God, I, I know. I'm going to ask you to forgive me for letting people hurt me and make me not want to serve you. I, I want to ask you to forgive me for downing people. I want to ask you to forgive me for backbiting, gossiping. I want to ask you to forgive me for not loving my brother and my sister in the house of God. I want to ask you, Lord, that if I'm in ministry and I have sin in my life today, I'm asking you to forgive me of that sin today because none of us are above None of us are above one another. That's why your word said you humbly. Lord, so I come to you today, Lord, even as the pastor and shepherd of this church, if there be any sin in my life, I'm asking you to forgive me. Reveal that sin so that I cannot do it again, Lord. I pray that as a leader, that if, I've ha if I have sin in my life, I'm asking you, Lord, Reveal it to me so that I, 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 first I'm asking you to forgive me, but also reveal it to me as a leader so that I won't do it again. So that the people that I lead will not see sin in my life and that they will not think that you're not working in my life, Lord. I don't want to bring any reproach against you, Lord, today. You are wonderful. And because you were birthed, Lord, and went to a cross, I now have life. And so for that, Lord, I am grateful. Bishop was teaching on that when you created us, you were looking for someone to commune, you, commune with, to have a relationship with, to, to, to walk with in the garden, but yet sin separated us. So Lord, I, I just pray, God, today, help me to have a communion with you and a relationship with you that I might completely walk with you. You will not have to go. Alan, where are you? Where are you? I'm here, Lord. Why are you hiding? Why are you covering up? Lord, I'm opening everything up to you today. Search my heart, my mind, my soul. Any place of evil, hatred, animosity, depression, ugliness, sin can, can be, Lord God. I just, I'm opening up right now, Lord, for you to search me. I'm opening the altar. I, I don't know if some have already came to the altar, but listen, if you need to pray, you need to pray. This is between you and the Lord. I can't get you into heaven. Some of you don't realize that. You're not going to make it by anybody that's been serving the Lord anytime. You'll only make it into heaven by your own relationship, your own communion with Jesus. There are things that have made me mad that I had to repent of. There's family that has hurt me that I had to repent of because I held a grudge. There's things that I had to deal with. Things that I had to deal with that God didn't answer. That I had to deal with. And understand it was God working it out. Whatever his will is, I'm perfectly fine with God's will. 
come into a place of understanding and knowing God is all authority, all power. Why do I serve him? Not because of what he does. Not because of my blessings that he's given me. I serve him because he is God. He is Lord. He is my Savior. No one ever went to the cross or, and shed blood for me besides our military. But it didn't take in and do anything for my sin. So I don't take nothing away from my military, but I, I want you to understand that there was one perfect Lamb of God that was birthed into the kingdom of God, or kingdom of this world, so that he could bring peace to all of us that struggle, all of us that don't understand life, all of us that don't understand things that are going on. But he does. you just want to communicate with the Lord, if you just want to have a relationship and you just want to pray over some things, maybe you want to re reiterate, Lord, you are wonderful and you are my counselor in my life. You are high and exalted, worthy of praise, what a wonderful Savior you are, King of all ages, God of all